0: I was always a skinny, unathletic kid. I was never interested in playing sports, and I almost never went outside. I would rather stay inside and play video games. This is how I lived my childhood, until I discovered skateboarding. I saw clips of pro skaters doing crazy tricks, and I immediately fell in love. I was 16 years old when I spent my own money to put together a board, and since then I've been skating almost every day, and the sport has no doubt changed my life. Since I became a skater, I have noticed how skateboarding is taking over the world. The net worth of the skateboarding market is nearly $5 billion. It isn't hard to find a teenager or young adult wearing Vans or Thrasher, and there's no doubt you've heard of these brands and know them. Some of the largest sportswear brands like Nike and Adidas have their own line of shoes and clothing designed just for skateboarding, and these companies pay many people called sponsored skaters simply to wear this stuff and skateboard with it. If you go to any big city or somewhat large college campus, you're guaranteed to see people speeding by on longboards or cruisers, which are both types of skateboards. In practically any suburban neighborhood, you're bound to see children playing around with a skateboard. So how in the world did surfers in California, who just threw some wheels on planks of wood, invent something that in 70 years would become impossible to miss in cities, They even become an event in the Olympics. To start, skateboarding was invented sometime in the late 40s or early 50s by surfers in California. Rather than being invented by a single person at a given time, skateboarding was thought up by many people around the same time. The earliest skateboards were nothing more than roller skate wheels attached on square planks of wood, which doesn't sound very appetizing. But these early boards were simply for surfers who wanted to emulate surfing on land for something to do when the waves were bad. These boards weren't very great and the people using them weren't doing so safely either. As these were mostly used by surfers, they were ridden barefoot which for obvious reasons was not very safe. Gradually, however, skateboard shops made skateboards smaller and more safe and soon enough skateboarding gained popularity in the US. In 1966, the very first skateboarding shoe brand was created. Can you guess which brand that is? Vans. Yes, a mainstream brand today had its origin entirely in skateboarding. Skateboarding has grown so much in the 70s, some years it's been around, and it has become an unmistakable figure in American culture. Not only has skateboarding become prominent in American culture, it has become an international sensation. For instance, skateboarding has gone so far as to reach young girls in war-torn Afghanistan. This was acknowledged in Carl Dysinger's film Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone, if you're a girl. Not only has skateboarding, which originated on the west coast of the U.S. reached young girls in Afghanistan, a country who has struggled with violence for many years, a filmmaker decided that they wanted to capture this and share it with the world. Even furthermore, this film won Best Documentary Short Subject at the 92nd Annual Academy Awards. So skateboarding has risen in popularity dramatically since the 40s and has spread not only across the US, but across the world. And skateboarding is great for kids and teens, so all is well, right? Well, not everyone thinks that. As for almost anything, a rise in popularity equates to a rise in people trying to take it down. But the opposition to skateboarding isn't just old people not wanting kids to have fun, although there are definitely people like that there are some consequences to skateboarding that do have some merit. To understand where the hate on skateboarding comes from, we have to go back to the 80s. If you ask any skater about skateboarding in the 80s, they will almost undoubtedly mention Rodney Mullen. Mullen was the single king of freestyle skateboarding, which was the most prominent form of skating in the 80s. But what's more important about Mullen is that he was also an extremely prominent agent of change as the style of skateboarding shifted so much so that he is sometimes referred to as the godfather of street skating. As the decade ended and skateboarding continued to gain popularity in the 90s and early 2000s, skateboarding made a dramatic shift from freestyle, which highlighted fancy footwork in a single place on flat ground, to street skateboarding, which saw flip tricks and use of obstacles such as ledges and stairs for the first time. In his TED Talk, Pop and, and Innovate, Ronnie Mullen explains how, in this time, skateboarding evolved upwards through the use of his trick, the ollie. This new era of skateboarding also brought about the controversy of skateboarding. Before, skaters were skating in small, flat-ground areas, which didn't really bother anyone or anything. But once skaters took to the streets, they began skating on ledges, rails, and stairs that were already existing in cities. This often damaged these obstacles, which made, and still makes, many people very angry, as it is not their property to be skating on in the first place. Due to the fact that some skaters damage or deface private property, a large portion of society labeled all skateboarding, and all skateboarders for that matter, as destructive. For instance, Philadelphia's Love Park was said to be built for everyone, but quickly banned young skateboarders. Not only did controversy arise from property destruction from skateboarding, many people did not like it simply because it was dangerous to skaters themselves. Once street skateboarding took over, people were doing tricks down huge drops and stairs, so if they messed up or fell, there would be a huge chance for injury. Skateboarding in streets is also very dangerous, as it is not inconceivable for a skater to get hit by a moving car if they are in the way of traffic. Just in January, a student attending Grambling State University was struck by a pickup truck while skateboarding and died just two days later. Anti-skateboarding sentiments for these reasons got so large at one point, That entire countries banned the sport from selling and importing the boards to riding them. Regardless, skaters weren't going to simply give up their culture so in the 80s and 90s when Norway banned skateboarding many skaters continued to skate but had to do so in secret. In 1989 however the ban was lifted and the skateboard market flooded into Norway and today skateboarding is legal in almost every country. It isn't hard to see why some people may dislike skateboarding but in the grand scheme of things, skateboarding is a good thing for society. It is a large consumer economy, and not to mention, skateboarding can be really good for the youth. It can give young kids and teenagers a sense of community, and skateboarding can become something they really enjoy participating in. Perhaps if more skate parks were created, the issue of people damaging property while skating would be reduced. The question now is, how much further will skateboarding go?